You're listening to Sky Women's Health Podcast, your evidence-based resource for women's health and wellness, exploring the holistic principles of osteopathy, integrating mind, body, and spirit, designed to empower you as your own healthcare advocate and help you live your best life. I'm your host, board-certified OBGYN, Dr. Carolyn Moyers. Hey, hey, welcome back to Sky Women's Health. Today, we are diving into a topic that concerns many women as they approach menopause. It's that perimenopausal phase, the initiation of hormone therapy. The burning question we're addressing is, do you really have to wait until you've been 12 months without a period to start hormone therapy? Before we dive in, this is round two because I listened to the podcast yesterday when it went live and the edits were awful. So instead of sending it back to the editor back and forth, I just decided to sit down at my desk this morning and re-record it so that you get content that makes sense. Uh, two, we are um, going live with Pronox in the office this week, and I am so excited about this because we have for too long not addressed women's pain when it comes to in-office procedures, whether it's a hysteroscopy or an individual biopsy or an IUD insertion or just a pelvic exam with a history of trauma. So adding Pronox, which is a um, nitrous oxide system. So think about when you've gone to the dentist and you had laughing gas, but this one is self-administered. So you're in control of how much you um, use. And um, I'm just so excited to offer this option because while we can do a cervical block, that's still a, a needle going into your cervix. While we can give you a narcotic and anxiolytic, you have to have somebody drive you. So this just gives you a little more autonomy and options, and it's really exciting. Next thing is we have uh, launched a membership um, to provide concierge high-level care, and it is live to our existing patients, but we'll go live to new members in March. So something to look forward to. All right, back to the topic at hand. In previous episode 143, we discussed the nuances of perimenopause, contraception versus hormone therapy. And so if you missed that episode, highly recommend you go give that a listen. Quick review, because I do not assume that you've listened to any previous podcasts. Menopause is defined as the final menstrual period and is usually confirmed when a woman has missed her period for 12 consecutive months with no other obvious causes. Okay. Menopause results in lower levels of estrogen and other hormones. It is normal, natural event that all women experience if we live long enough. Most women experience menopause. The average age is 51. So 45 to 55 are going through menopause. 90% of women have gone through menopause by the age of 55. Okay. Premature menopause is before the age of 40 and early menopause is 40 to 45. But physical changes begin before the final menstrual period. That transition phase is called perimenopause and can last on average 7.4 years and 10 years in women of color. So this is not a short time frame. It begins with changes in the length of cycle, length of time between your period and ends one year after your final menstrual period. Smoking and genetics are two factors that influence the timing of natural menopause. Smokers reach menopause about two years earlier. Induced menopause is when a woman's menstrual periods end due to medical intervention, whether you've had a hysterectomy, removal of both ovaries, cancer treatments such as chemo or pelvic radiation. We all heard the common symptoms, hot flashes, night sweats, vaginal dryness. Other symptoms that may surprise you are mood swings, short-term memory loss, difficulty thinking, straight, this brain fog. 
while many other symptoms are attributed to hormone, many of these symptoms are attributed to hormone changes, there are other contributing factors to consider also. So during our reproductive years, most women have kind of become accustomed to their own hormonal rhythm. And when this rhythm gets disrupted during perimenopause, new changes can present. The timing of menopause also can coincide with multiple midlife stresses like relationship issues, divorce or widowhood, care of young children, struggles with adolescence, return of grown children to home, uh, being childless even, concerns about aging parents and caregiving responsibilities, as well as career and educational issues. So all of these things are going on at once. So how do you know when and if you should start hormone therapy, right? So the one thing that's really important for you to know is that there is no specific blood test that will identify you as being perimenopausal. So a lot of times women come in and say, oh, my hormones are off. Yeah, they might be. Also, there may be some lifestyle adjustments that we need to do, and it may not just be your sex hormones, right? But we typically will get a hormone panel just to look at our baseline and see where we are, but we're also looking at thyroid panel, screening for diabetes, looking for any other, any other underlying causes, vitamin D deficiency, all of these are kind of included in that workup. But oftentimes women will go to their primary care provider and with good intent wanting to you know rule everything out, but they leave with this feeling of, okay, so it's all in my head because they're told you're fine. Everything's fine. Your hormones are fine. Your levels may be fine, but we are unlikely to catch your um, FSH abnormally off, which is the hormone that typically will identify um, menopause or menopausal symptoms um, because they fl- it fluctuates on such, I mean, from day to day, from hour to hour, it's going to fluctuate. And so we're unlikely to catch it misbehaving. So um, perimenopause is a clinical diagnosis, meaning we've ruled out other cases. We're listening to the collection of your symptoms and we say, yes, this is what it is. But if you were to get an FSH level, it could be useful if you're wanting to, you know, can I come off of my birth control? Well, the problem is if you're on a combined hormonal birth control, an FSH level is of no value whatsoever because it's being um, manipulated. But if you're on a progesterone only, you can, um, do this um, FSH test and you want two six weeks apart that are over 30. Most um, postmenopausal, this can identify postmenopause and then you want to wait at least a year after, but having those lab tests before you stop all birth control. Okay. So um, this is really important if you're before the age of 45 and you're having all of these symptoms as well, because you want to, or before 40, even you want to identify is this premature menopause and what actually is going on. But remember these levels are going to vary markedly, even on a daily basis. And so they're not always of value, but meeting with a menopause certified, um, uh, menopause society certified provider will definitely help you to identify what is going on and what you can do. So what are some things that we need to consider when we talk about starting hormone therapy that would include, uh, permanent sterilization, right? Do we need birth control or has your spouse had a vasectomy or you had a tubal? Is there any abnormal bleeding? Because this absolutely has to be worked up prior to initiating any hormone therapy. Or if we're, if we're still having this perimenopausal bleeding, that will identify what options we may provide to you because we're going to want to manage that bleeding. Um, once we've ruled out other causes, 
as well as your personal health history. What history is there that we have to consider? Do you have a hist clotting disorder? Um, have you had a blood clot? Um, things like that, uh, as well as cardiovascular. You can take hormone therapy if you have symptoms, including during perimenopause um, and, and postmenopause, of course. Um, menopause like I said, usually affects those between 45 and 55, but it can appear earlier. So when are we seeing perimenopause? Even in your late thirties, people, this is significant and hormone therapy. There is nothing better to help improve your symptoms, including preventing osteoporosis. If menopause symptoms are bothering you, perimenopausal symptoms are bothering you, consider talking to a menopause expert about starting hormone therapy. We don't have to wait until your symptoms are severe. We don't have to wait until you're 12 months without a cycle. It's your choice whether to start hormone therapy. You do not need to wait. Um, we can talk through benefits and risk and help you decide kind of what is best for you. And if you're going through early or premature menopause, 100% need to be on hormone replacement therapy to protect your cardiovascular health, your bone health, and your longevity. The increase in estrogen levels, because you're saying, okay, well, what, what hormones need to be replaced, right? The increase in estrogen level is what helps to protect um, you from conditions such as osteoporosis. It's what relieves your hot flushes and your night sweats, those vasomotor symptoms. And you'll usually be advised to take hormone therapy until you've reached at least 51, the average age of menopause. If you take hormonal contraception, such as a combined birth control pill, progesterone only pill, ring, a patch, then um, you may not know when you reach perimenopause or menopause because the contraception can affect your periods and um, really balance those symptoms. Um, so it will improve your menopausal symptoms or mask them even, um, which is totally okay by me, right? <laughs> because who wants to walk around feeling this way? Um, you're not going to take hormone therapy and birth control at the same time. Essentially combined hormonal birth control, combined hormonal contraception is a form of hormone therapy. And so you wouldn't be taking them at the same time. It would be one or the other. And why would you take contraception versus traditional hormone therapy? That's if we need that permanent sterilization or we're trying to control your bleeding. It's very rare for individuals to get pregnant naturally after the age of 55. And so that's usually a, a pretty good marker where you can discontinue that. But if you have a new partner um, or multiple partners and you want to make sure you use condoms to protect against sexually transmitted infections. So when it comes to hormone therapy, you may be saying, well, what hormone therapy are we talking about, right? So typically it's estrogen. And if you have a uterus, progesterone, which we talked about a lot in other episodes, but estrogen can be given orally, transdermal patch, transdermal gel, and it can be titrated up to affect where you're now feeling yourself. You're not having hot flushes and night sweats. You're sleeping better progesterone. If you have a uterus, you need progesterone to keep your baseline risk of individual cancer low. And if you are on progesterone and estrogen therapy, there is no increased risk of individual cancer overgrowth or cancer of the uterus. So that can be given orally at night. It helps you sleep great. And so for some individuals whose sleep is a big problem, this is um, their go-to. I love a good Marina IUD with a transdermal estrogen patch. It is my go-to. I will ride or die this baby to menopause um, because it controls the bleeding and protects the endometrium. 
And if you have some intolerance to progesterone, you could also use the progesterone vaginally if needed, but use that under the direction of a physician, okay? And then we have the option of testosterone if low sexual desire is an issue or your testosterone is low. We do not have great evidence or great studies on testosterone use in perimenopausal women. So a lot of the use is antidotal. I have seen it given in high doses and I can tell you it is not the fountain of youth. Um, it does not make everybody skinny and strong. Um, so there definitely is some personal work that has to be done there. But if a perimenopausal woman has a low testosterone level, I typically am replacing that. And that is a place where we are testing your hormone levels, your testosterone and your sex hormone binding globulin and your free testosterone on an every six week basis initially to get you at that right dosing, because my goal is never to have you at a sub there or a super therapeutic level. I don't need you to have your husband's level of testosterone or um, your brother's level of testosterone. We just need it in a normal physiologic range. But again, I question, do we actually know what normal physiologic range is for women? Okay. And we cannot mention hormone therapy without talking about um, vaginal estrogen therapy. So there are two buckets when I talk about hormone therapy. We've got our vaginal intimate skin therapy, and we've got our systemic hormone therapy. The systemic hormone therapy, where we we're just talking about estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, is going to actually raise your blood levels. The local vaginal estrogen is not, okay? And this is your intimate skin therapy. Estrogen is safe for everybody and everybody. Uh, vaginal estrogen is not systemically absorbed. It is safe to take even for um, breast cancer history. There are really no limitations here. So this is for the vaginal dryness, the frequent need to urinate, the recurrent urinary tract infections or yeast infections, etc. It really helps to preserve the vaginal epithelium. It is like collagen to the face. Give your body some estrogen. I always <laughs> am the estrogen fairy. Every vagina loves estrogen. It is safe and can be used in combination with your systemic hormone therapy because the systemic hormone therapy doesn't always treat the genitourinary symptoms of menopause. Okay, so the big question is how long do I need to take hormone therapy? And that's valid. There's no fixed limit. There's no hard, fast rule that you must stop at the age of 65. And um, this is one where you're want, going to want to review it annually with your doctor in regards to your symptoms, your health history, any new risk factors that make you no longer a good candidate. Um, but, and are you still symptomatic? So ideally we have, you know, at least 80 to 90% of your symptoms have resolved. Um, most individuals will need hormone therapy for at least two to five years, but it can absolutely be longer. And it's really best to continue taking it as long as the benefits outweigh the risk. Um, this is going to depend on, you know, your symptoms, your age, and any other risk factors you may have. Recent studies have really challenged that notion of waiting a full year without a period, suggesting that for some women, the benefits of starting hormone therapy earlier in perimenopause may outweigh potential benefits. You've all heard me talk about the um, timing hypothesis. You know, most women experience perimenopausal symptoms classically between the ages of 45 and 55, sometimes even sooner in our 30s and 40, early 40s. The symptoms um, like chaotic bleeding, um, sleep deprivation, lethargy, low mood, and often the busiest times of our life is not something that we want to white knuckle through. Um, and most of are sexually active. And so we need to take, you know, address this triad and a more holistic perspective, offering you options 
um, for those who haven't undergone a hysterectomy or sterilization to look at the vasomotor symptoms, the dysfunctional bleeding, and the risk of pregnancy to take that into collection as we talk about what is going to be your best option. Initiating hormone therapy early can alleviate those bothersome symptoms and help you to sleep better and protect your bone health and potentially reduce cardiovascular risk. Like all medical intervention, hormone therapy comes with its set of considerations. So we've got to carefully assess your individual health profile and your medical history, your lifestyle factors, what's going to work for you. In regards to that timing hypothesis, we want to start hormone therapy within the age or within 10 years of your last menstrual period and before the age of 60, ideally for the most benefit. So it's just crucial for you to have an open and honest conversation with your healthcare provider to discuss when to start hormone therapy. It just really has to be personalized, taking into account your unique needs. So in conclusion, there's no 12 month rule. It is not set in stone. The decision to initiate hormone therapy during perimenopause is nuanced and is going to be collaboratively decided between you and your healthcare provider. And the Menopause Society is our reputable source that helps to really guide us and really supports an individualized approach. Okay. I hope this is helpful to you. I hope it all makes sense. Remember your healthcare journey is unique and we're here to support you every step of the way. Stay tuned for more empowering discussions until next week. Be well. Thank you for joining me on Sky Women's Health Podcast. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date with our latest content. This episode is proudly sponsored by Sky Women's Health, your go-to destination for midlife gynecology and DFW, specializing in perimenopause, menopause care, sexual medicine, and a unique thing we offer is osteopathic manipulative treatment for pregnant and postpartum patients. While we are nobody's primary OB, we collaborate with your OB to provide you comfort through your pregnancy. Stay tuned for more empowering discussions. Until next time, be well.